Why is it always twins? Hey, it's Anisha. And this is Atifa. And we are the AM PM Bibliophiles. And a little bit about us. We're just two chicks continents apart that meet up every week and chat about books, life, and our experiences. So join in. Welcome to part two of The Chain. Hopefully you've listened to last week's The Chain part one episode. This time we're going to be talking about the second part. So to hit us off with it, Anisha, what is your one sentence summary of part two? All right. So my one sentence summary is sometimes you got to face your problems head on. Guns are blazing. That is so good. I think you were. You win. <laughs> You're like, I, I bow down. <laughs> I'm, I'm in shame. I don't even want to read out mine. Mine was very quickly scribbled together. Okay. Uh, okay. So mine was, mine was perseverance and love trumps the psychopath's greed. I mean, that's not bad. My other one was, this is just kind of like the trope that is this whole book that really, that just captures part two. Why is it always twins? Honestly? Why is it always twins? Yeah. Asking the real questions. All right. So just to kind of summarize part two of the chain, it picks up with the undisclosed third person POV that we had a chapter of in part one. And it talks about these two characters, Margaret and Oliver, and we kind of see them from like very little kids and as they age throughout the whole of part two. And at first, you know, reading these chapters, I was kind of like, who are these two people and what do they have to do with the chain? Because it's, it's a huge time jump, basically, between their POVs and, you know, chapters to the actual events of the plot for the chain. What about you? What are your thoughts on these characters, Atifa? I, I was pretty confused when they kept talking about it um, at first. I didn't understand the time jump. I'm like, where are we going back? Are we going back to the first instance? I had a suspicion that the this would, might be one of the children will get kidnapped. They will be one of the the first to start exactly. off the change. That's yeah, what I because, assumed. Because that first chapter, how it opens up is these two men go to this commune, hippie commune, and they're like, where's this lady? Where's her kids? You gotta find her. Where are the kids? And then they end up killing the lady and taking the kids. So it did kind of give off the, is this the first instance of the chain kind of vibe? But, you know, as the chapters go on and we're seeing these two characters, Margaret and Oliver, fraternal twins, we, we, we see some really crazy shit happen with their lives, specifically them doing some nasty, despicable things. Including killing off not only their fellow brother but father as well not to mention not to mention that they basically traumatize their stepmother to commit suicide i i almost forgot about that one yeah, <laughs> i mean she's kind of the entire family very very questionable individuals um we later we'll we'll discuss what became of margaret and oliver but on the other side what um what's happening in present day. So we're following yes. Kylie, Kylie's family. We're following Rachel's um, path. And honestly, the entire family is struggling. Like we predicted, we talked about trauma yes. in the last yeah. episode. They attempted to take Kylie to a, um, 
they took her to like a child therapist, a child psychologist to get her to talk because she's just experiencing like depression. You know, the mom, Rachel's just really worried. She was like, there's a part in the book where she's like, I saw her search, search how to kill yourself in like the best way. Like even for Rachel, she's just having constant nightmares. And to top it all off, you've got, what is it? Marty, the husband going (laughs) off and finding another girlfriend. Marty and his women, he just has a thing for, you know, the younger model kind of type to his wife. And, you know, to be fair, she did say in the last chapter, you know, I did hook up with your brother and now he and I are kind of a thing. So, you know, I can't exactly be pointing fingers, but yeah, Marty, Marty's not got a new girlfriend, you know, his ex, they split and he met this new chick who is pretty interesting. Her name's Ginger, and she's what? She's an FBI profiler or something like that, right? Yeah, works in the FBI. But to kind of root back to Kylie, her POVs, they're kind of really sad, like, just to kind of see a child's perspective of, I'm broken. I can't talk about it because they might kill my family, or it'll just, it, she's like, I, no matter what I can do, I can't stop the process and I can't make anything better. So it was really interesting to see a child's perspective on trauma as well as trying to figure out what to do next because Kylie, like her mother, is trying to also in a way figure out who her kidnappers were, trying to figure out a way to almost reveal people within the chain as well. You know, she was keeping track when she was kidnapped. So-and-so was tall. So-and-so talked like this, acted like this. And I thought that was really good. But, you know, after everything that happened to that whole family, they took security to 100%. You know, put trackers in her shoes. They changed all the security outside the house on the computer. So now everything was just bammed out. Like, I kid you not. They were like, we will never have this happen again. kind of thing poor poor Kylie though it is it's um it's one thing to experience trauma but another thing entirely to not and I, I feel like a lot of people who do go through trauma have a phase where they can't talk about what they've experienced for different reasons for in the case of the chain the book it's quite specific you know you talk about this you die and your family and your loved ones die so different reason but to kind of have to place yourself in the... She's 13, by the way. Like, she is 13. She's so young. Not knowing what the next steps are. Um, that's really troubling. That's really troubling. I couldn't imagine myself in, in that kind of a situation. And, you know, like, like with any trauma, I feel like it comes out in ways, like it manifests and bubbles out. And, like, she had her moments where she reacted, where she was like, I don't want to do this, or you know, she had those emotional outbursts, and her one friend, like, I want to call him the neighbor kid, but he, he kind of comes into part two, her friend that, you know, told Rachel, like, hey, I texted Kylie, and she didn't reply back, you know, and that's when Rachel was like, ah, where is she, <laughs> but he also is just kind of like, is she okay, like, I know she was sick, but, like, is something going on, and Rachel's like, oh, you know, life. And it's like, <laughs> uh, yes, because life captures all all problems. 
just in general, life, period, full stop. It's the best response to give. It's like, it's like when people say, I'm fine, and you're like, you're not fine, but it's like, I'm fine. <laughs> so that's kind of where Kylie is. She's just at wit's end. She, know, she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know who to talk to. And, you know, there is also that kind of break in relationship between her and her mom. Even with Uncle Pete, the two people that she trusted the most, she was open with the most there's a loss there. Like, she doesn't see them the same way she saw them before. Mm-hmm. And it's damaged. Like, there's a, there's a damaging thing to their relationship. But to jump back into now Kylie's POV, we see her with the girlfriend and the dad. And that's the point when I, to me, realized, like, I don't know about you, but when I met Ginger, I was like, this woman is so sus. <laughs> <laughs> she, she feels like, you know how when you meet someone, but the way she met Rachel, she kind of, like, it's like Marty had already talked about Rachel to her for a year, and she knew Rachel so well before even meeting her. Like, she gave off that vibe of, like, you know more about me than you should for someone who's just meeting me for the first time. And that was a moment where I was in my head and also under my breath because I was just, like, freaking out because I was like, oh, my God, am I, un- am I uncovering this? Like, is this real? I was like, is Ginger the chain? I was like, is she it? She has to be. No, is she it? No, it's like, I was like, no, that's a little cliche. I was like, it, it can't be the girlfriend. It can't be the new girlfriend. It can't. And it is. It, it's the girlfriend. It, it was the girlfriend. I was like, come on, Adrian McKinty. <laughs> so you caught on when they met up, Rachel and Ginger. There was a moment when she met Ginger the second time. Okay. And Ginger, because it's hard saying adding up because before then earlier in part two with margaret and oliver their father was an fbi agent and like everything started adding up i was like fbi agent fbi agent i was like interesting and then she was like oh i'm fbi agent i deal with this stuff and then you know marty was just like marty and he was just (laughs) like oh it's so cool and whatever and then you know the interest like how she was talking to you know, it just felt super fake. Like, Ginger just came off as too perfect, too fake. You know what I mean? Like, you're too all of this. Something off. Okay. And then I, I, was just kind of, I was just kind of like, is it her? Is it not? I felt like it, I was wrong, but as it kept going, I was like, oh my god, it is her. Because okay. she literally, <laughs> like, I don't know if she shot Marty on the side of the head or if she, like, pistol whipped him. Because I think she pistol whipped him because he was bleeding, but he wasn't, like, bleeding out but basically once ginger oliver they so after they kill their parents their stepmom their dad their brother the whole family's gone they get put with their grandfather who's also known as red in this book and he kind of in some ways bonds with them in a way that they never bonded with their parents or their their other sibling and it's that kind of recognition of you know a little bit we've killed people and we kind of liked it there's like a manipulation and he understands them in a way that he understands himself so he likes them he takes care of them and he renames them in a way he calls margaret ginger because of her hair and he calls oliver ollie and you know from then on it's like a beautiful family relationship they grow, have a great time they hunt they learn how to do this stuff and the one thing that I saw continue out for that whole 
time with the twins was that they have a thing with sending kind of these little mean notes to everyone, these letters being like, you can't do this. If you do it, we're going to out you on this. You have to do this time frame. And they did that throughout their whole life. Like when they were little being like, you got to do this, like, you know, throw away your bunny rabbit. Well, and do that. Or you can't go to prom with this guy. Don't show up to the dance. If you do, we'll kill your family kind of thing. Mm. And that was like so interesting. And it's just, it started adding up in my head and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> it's Ginger. <laughs> it's like a stripper name. Like, <laughs> what <the heck? laughs> like what was grandpa red thinking? But uh, I, yeah. you, you might have caught on a little bit earlier because this, when the second time that they met and it was revealed that Ginger is an FBI agent, for, in my head, it's like, oh, maybe she will be a part of the puzzle piece because to finding out the chain organization, though. That's, that's what, what I Rachel, thought. that's what Rachel yeah. thought, too. She was like, oh, maybe I can, like, get her to help. But there's something off about Ginger and the way she was, like, the way, she, like, if you, if you kind of look back on how she talked to Rachel... It was interesting. And then you kind of learn as you read on that Ginger actually purposefully got Marty and his ex to break up. Like, she meddled with that. She took that, she put herself in that relationship. She was like, no, I kind of want to be with Marty. I want to fuck with Rachel more, one. <laughs> and two, she's like, I like Marty. He's kind of interesting. He's a lawyer. He has all the stuff that, you know, make him the right guy. Red would like him. You know, she was just matchmaking matchmaking herself and I was like you psycho like not only have you traumatized this family but now you're taking it to a whole nother personal level yeah I mean her, her brother her brother calls her out on it that's when you know you got too far yeah, and this is this is giving me a flashback because I think in part one they um, in the undisclosed POV there is an interaction between two people and you don't know who it is and it was very short so it's easy to forget about it throughout part one. But now it all makes sense there. He's, uh, Ollie, the brother, is the one who's saying, you know, let's keep personal matters out of things. Let's keep focus on the chain and have it ongoing. It's not about the money. It's about the chain. He's the one who has that going. No, I thought it was the flipped because I thought he was like, so basically how the chain begins is they aren't, they weren't wealthy when they were kids nor with when they were with Red. And they needed a way to make money to afford college and other expenses. So the scheme that they that later becomes the chain was based off of these on the border kidnappings or these, I want to say kidnappings in Mexico that, you know, is an actual thing. Google it if you want to learn more. It's legit stuff that they would do is these people in Mexico would kidnap a family member and ransom another family member to kind of get the money or get the stuff that they needed. So they took that, manipulated in a way where they would do it with children and parents and do that. And it made them millions. They had enough money to pay off all kinds of college degrees and et cetera. They were very wealthy. And at some point they got to it where they're like, we don't need to do this anymore. We have our careers, we have it, you know, Ginger with her FBI stuff. Ollie with his security, his technology, like all that stuff with computers. It was like, it's all good. And they had enough money saved in the bank. They got right a new house. Like they, they were decked. 
but it was, it was Ginger who was like, no, this is my baby. I want to continue it. I like it. This is good. And he was like, there's no need. Like, what's the point of this anymore? And she's like, you don't get the point. And that's when you kind of see her own psychosis of, I like manipulating people. I like fucking with other people's lives and putting my own, you know, it's, it's like God, like in, in the sense of what's the way I have to say this? She's playing God, you know what I mean? Like she's just playing just author and just creating stories the way she wants it to be. And it's that level of like crazy power hungriness that just fucked her up truly to the end. In the end, yeah, that's what it was because she meddled. Um, she meddled too closely. She should not have gotten with with Marty. That was one of the things um, that played against her. She she does have a desire for control, and I think she had that desire for control as you see, uh, yeah, her growing up. And she kind of she knew there was something different with her um, than with everyone else, and she kind of didn't have anyone else. Obviously, Ollie, her twin, is the closest person to her. But even he doesn't understand that recklessness that she has as well in her. And, you know, the thing is, like, she, it it was, it's just so implied throughout, like, her whole life in any aspect, relationship, career, everything. She is in control. She takes everything in her own hands and manipulates it in the way she wants it. If it doesn't work out, she'll cut it off in her own terms. Everything is on her terms, never the other way around. Mm. So when Rachel their plan to kind of expose them when she did that thing that pissed her off so much like she was she's like i'm gonna kill her i'm gonna kill everyone and then she was conflicted for a little bit because she's like but i'm dating marty mm. and she didn't mm. take too long to quickly change her and i don't think she even had to think <laughs> she did she had like she had a momentary relapse of like pause and then she was like fuck it he's not worth it <laughs> It wasn't even, a, I don't think it was even a question for her. She said as much as, you know, he's a, he's a person, he's a good person. I enjoy time with him, but nah. And you the can't, chain yeah. has to go. The chain has to chain go. Must, chain must go on. Yeah. So basically, Ginger figures out that Rachel and Pete are there and on their way. Like Oliver and her kind of figure it out and they're like, what do we do? Red is somewhere else in that house because they're all at Red's house at this point. Marty is with Kylie and Kylie brought her friend along too. So, you know, it's the two of them plus Marty, Ginger, Oliver, and Red in this house. Ginger attacks Marty, basically pistol whips whips him in the head (laughs) with a gun. He's out. She grabs the kids. They're telling Rachel, we're going to kill them your guns down because Rachel and P just come in guns are blazing they take out all the guards you know it's like a, it's like an action movie sequence you, you can just the way it's written you're just kind of like oh they're just dodging bullets left right let's go make it to the point where they're at the face off Ginger and Oliver have the kids Pete and Rachel are there guns out drop the weapons release the kids we'll go Ginger basically shoots Pete <laughs> the shoulder she's like they were taking too long. <laughs> I'm not playing games. And I was like, okay, woman with a attitude, woman with a mind. She really said was like, I'm not doing this stupid. Don't you do it. I won't do this thing. I'm yeah. just going to shoot you and get it done with. She shoots Pete. 
luckily for us, he's not too fatally wounded. I think it was a shoulder wound. So he's bleeding, but it's not super life-threatening. And Rachel basically is like, I think she shoots Oliver, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She does. So Oliver, Oliver gets shot. So then that puts Ginger in the position of like, okay, I can't fully like have the kids because I need to get Oliver and get out so he can be taken care of. So they do a switcheroo. You get the kids and go, never return. We'll leave you alone. Let me get Oliver and let's get the hell out of Dodge, go to a different country, rebuild the chain kind of vibe. And, you know, as Rachel and the kids kind of go out, they're running to the car, trying to, like, do it. They're grabbing Marty. By that point, is there, too. He's grabbing Pete, trying to, like, help him get into there. They're all trying to make an escape. Ginger and Oliver have this one moment where, like, she's like, are we actually letting them go? And he's like, of course not. We're going <laughs> to kill them. And I was like, oh, this is just such a, that was, that was the moment I was like, true evil twin, evil twin vibes the whole whole book and you know they go after them and don't forget as well um riley had quite an important role as well in this kind of escape um be, before this whole thing be, after the kidnapping had occurred with her she had been learning about how to get herself out of handcuffs uh, escape situations she has been uh, she had been upskilling so i think she was able to um somewhere along in that sequence she was able to get herself out of the restraint that they had put on her and so I think they like handcuffed her or something but she luckily for her has always she was carrying around a key or she was carrying something she was learning magic tricks to like just mm -hmm. escapism as the art for that and she was just figuring that stuff out and that really helped her in like you said in the end because she did escape and she grabbed a gun she did no she... one she, no one knew but she had a gun so as they were running driving away and Ginger and Oliver were chasing them Basically, it gets to the point where Rachel, you think it's going to be Rachel and Ginger in the end, have the shootout. But no, Kylie is the one to give the death kill. She shoots Ginger, point blank, KO'd. Our and I was like, Kylie. I loved it. I thought that was such, I thought that ending was so perfect because I felt even with Ginger, the, the girlfriend, being the reveal, I felt it was so cliche, one. And then two, I was like, if it's going to be Rachel, it's even more cliche, like the women take each other out thing. But to have Kylie do it was better. I thought that was a good way for her to almost kind of kill the demon that was chasing her. Yeah, and, and get her closure as well. She, this was impacting her as much as it was impacting the adults. It impact, maybe even more so so she got that closure that she needed and we don't know really what happens what the next steps are um for the family we see there's a potential pregnancy down the lines maybe for rachel but yeah rachel from rachel's pov we get kind of a lot of insights she kind of has that i i think it's a your life flashes before you feeling where she has all these realizations like no, I am not. Um, the chain has made me feel that I am this broken, uh, horrible person. She realizes, no, I'm, I'm different. I'm different to Ginger. I still have something in me and I, I've got things going for me. I've got my family. We've got a life ahead of us. So. And yeah, I mean, overall, I would say I really enjoyed this book. I think from beginning to end, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the plot was very 
complex and I loved the characters in it. I thought, I think my favorite character above all is Kylie. I think having her POV in the sense of a child being kidnapped and seeing that perspective was fantastic because I always feel that children that are always seen in situations that are like in literature or even in media, like film or TV, when they're kidnapped, it's either like, oh, they were coerced, like, here, candy, pet my puppy, come pet me, and then they're taken and then traumatic things happen to them, or, you know, they're brainwashed. But Kylie, from beginning to end, was a fighter. She never gave up. She knew what she was doing. She came up with plans. And I love that. I love the grit that they showed with her character. Honestly, if, if in the movie we get more of her, just, just more of her in general, we'd be happy chappies. 100%. I think <laughs> it'd be so cool if she got more involved in the process of taking them down. I think that'd be a really fun thing to explore. Yeah. And, you know, her plans coincide with the parents' plans. That'd be oh, fun. for sure. But yeah, overall, such a great book. I also thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but I also, we enjoyed it for different reasons. I think it brought light to a whole lot of difficult things. Trauma, drug abuse, withdrawal, family, you know, situations, even from Ginger and Ollie's, Ollie's side, mainly Ginger. I wouldn't say I necessarily, you know, you've, uh, I wouldn't say I have empathy for, for the <laughs> The psycho bitch, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> uh, I think the the the, the narrative was it was written in such a way that you kind of she had something inherently within her as as much as that it was environmental circumstances. There was a bit of nature. the The nurture played a big role. They had some wacky things happening, but they also she also had something within her that was a little bit different. So, who knows? Maybe a psychiatrist might be able to give a different kind of spin on understanding this character i would always say like you know an evil person is never born evil they're made evil and you know you, you see that process for ginger especially from the chapters that reveal her past into the present of her life in this book like she became a truly evil person by the end of it because of what shaped her, the experiences and the environment that she lived in shaped her. She did live in an abusive household. She did live with unlovable parents that, you know, neglected her and her brother. And, you know, everything that has happened to her led her to become the person that she did become at the end of the book. But at the same time, in some ways, the only thing that I would say is admiring about this crazy lady is she never forgot her brother so her familial love was always there she never she, it's always them till the end that's kind of what they said but also the fact that she 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 was the one with the power i admired that like kind of you know i love female villains i feel like there's never enough female villains and female villains are the best hands down they have it's just like the way they like maybe it's just how men and women perceive things because we do perceive things a little bit differently, but female villains just have a certain je ne sais quoi that just works for them. It's just chef's kiss. I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay. 
I haven't analyzed too many villains in my lifetime, so I will I will keep that in mind next time there is a there is a villain involved and just. I mean, that. like, as a quick example, it's like comparing Ursula. Sorry, this is again back to the Little Mermaid. <laughs> uh, Ursula to let's say Jafar. Okay. Ursula almost got away with it. She was just close. And then, of course, she got impaled by a ship. Jafar kind of had it turned on him, in a way. Like, both good villains, but, like, I don't know. Ursula's planning was just... She thought of everything in advance. It was all control. Maybe that's, like, a thing that you see in a lot as a comparison. But overall, 5 out of 5, 100% recommend. For any of you readers out there listening in, I truly recommend reading the book because there's so much more that we didn't talk about in this podcast, but that you'll definitely read on your own. All right, guys. So stay tuned next week for our next book. We will be reading The Midnight Library by Matt Haig, I want to say. He's British. (laughs) Sorry, that was so bad. Just like erase that, please. (laughs) Or not. (laughs)